Welcome to Shelter in Place, a podcast about finding daily sanity in a world that feels increasingly insane. Coming to you from Oakland, California, I'm Laura Joyce Davis. I'm shaking things up a little bit today because this week I feel shaken up. Life has been such a roller coaster during this time of sheltering in place, and this week has been no exception. Our family began this week playing in the Russian River on a beautiful summer day. We got to be with family we hadn't seen since the very first day of sheltering in place. It felt like a release valve, like maybe things were going to be okay. But Monday evening, while we were driving home from our day at the river, something quite different was happening in my home city of Minneapolis. George Floyd was killed by a police officer just a couple of miles down the street from where my husband Nate and I used to live. When I got the news, I just sat there and cried. For George Floyd, for his girlfriend and his family, but even more than that, for our country. Because George's death is only the latest on a long list that stretches back for centuries. Jacob Fry, the mayor of Minnesota, said on Tuesday, Being black in America should not be a death sentence. I agree. And also, we all need to do something to take steps toward justice. I strongly recommend that you take a few minutes today to read Jelani Cobb's thoughtful story, The Death of George Floyd in Context. That you listen to the song that 12-year-old gospel singer Kedron Bryant released this week in response to George Floyd's death and that you spend as much time as you can diving into Tori Williams Douglas's white homework. I'll be talking with Tori in a future episode. I'll include links to all of these resources in my show notes today. You've heard me talk about the Transmission Times before, a podcast that brings together audio diaries from people all over the world so that we can share our voices and experiences, even from isolation. Today's bonus episode comes to us from the Transmission Times. It's about the roller coaster ride, about the broken and the beautiful, about how depending on the day or sometimes the hour, we can fluctuate between feeling deeply discouraged about our world and persistently hopeful that we can hold on to each other in it. When you're done listening, I hope you'll find the Transmission Times on iTunes or wherever you listen. Leave a rating and a short review saying what you liked about it and subscribe. I'll let Katie take it from here. This is the Transmission Times, radio diaries during COVID-19. The roller coaster ride of emotion during this time is nothing like I've ever experienced before. I feel like some days I feel so good. I feel so calm and present. And I feel like this is going to be okay. And then other days, I just feel like I'm banging my head against the wall saying, is this really my life now? Is this going to be my life forever? It is strange what counts as a cause for a roller coaster of emotions nowadays for me. We met some friends we haven't seen in two months. 
we have a garden someplace so it's kind of like a neutral place it's, it doesn't have any of our germs or viruses anywhere so we met there and I had my mask on and I was like hey I'm gonna keep my distance I'm extra careful and I went inside to pick up some chairs and when I came outside uh it's a couple these friends there a uh, guy and a girl and the guy wanted to hug my boyfriend and my boyfriend kind of stuck his hand out okay no let's just shake hands and the friend was startled and was like oh come on like we haven't seen each other in such a long time and it was like a, from a reflex kind of then my boyfriend hugged this friend of ours for some reason today i feel so caught in the hamster wheel of like you know teaching them and putting in that effort and feeling like they're not necessarily putting in the same effort i am and cooking and cleaning and it's like i'm tired of cleaning because because it just gets messy again we're spending all of our time here i'm looking at the fridge and it's already barren again and i'm like how are we eating this much food and inside i felt like this shift from okay to oh my god what just happened <laughs> i even said like oh my god it's so weird you hugged like oh it's we're trying to keep a distance from people and then they felt super bad about it and my boyfriend felt bad for like half a day after that and i had to keep on explaining like i'm so sorry i'm reacting like this but it's like my mom is in a very high risk group so for me it's not an option to contact the virus they totally understood but it's so strange to go through something like this for somebody to want to hug you and you shutting them down or feeling bad and then hugging them back and like having these different views on what you do and what's okay and what's not in this period and yeah what feels different now is that the restrictions are easing a little bit, but not really, but people seem to be easing them anyway. I think the main difference that I've noticed is uh, there's a lot more cars on the road. That's very noticeable straight away. Just driving around, the traffic on the road was back to normal. A lot of people out walking at the parks and they did not look like they were six feet apart. Many were not wearing masks, which is our county request right now. And it's a little unnerving to me. It's now permissible to meet one other person from a different household to do some outdoor activity. But you see groups of people where there's clearly two or three whole families merging together. And that feels a little bit disappointing, to be honest. Yesterday, 
the restrictions shifted and a lot of people were really, really looking forward to this date. And a lot, a lot of people were walking the streets and got out. And especially since it's a weekend, it was like this mental shift that happened for everybody, I think. And we are also in our level two lockdown. So the rules at the moment mean that any kind of gathering of less than 10 people is okay. Anything over that is not, except for tangi, which is funeral, where you can get up to 50 people. My boyfriend's parents were also very careful and we didn't go and visit them or something like that. We actually saw them at the distance. And when this weekend came, they were like, hey, come over for dinner. And we had to say no. And they were kind of upset, like they shifted their speech from, I totally get it, you're being paranoid. And why are you so paranoid? Come on, you probably had this already. But they're okay now because they shifted back to being as paranoid as me after a day. There's a little bit of controversy around the kind of powers that police can have during this time. Um, where they can come into the, your house um, without a warrant if you have too many people in there. Here in Maine, they really don't want people out and about. They've opened up some businesses and, you know, they've created a little bit more mobility. But at the end of the day, they really still want people to be practicing social distancing and everyone has to wear a mask now in public. And... It's just, you know, like me and my kids, like we have nowhere to go. We have nothing to do. There's nothing that we need that we have to be leaving the house for. So it's just like nothing's changing. When I first realized that COVID-19 had made its way to New England, that things would be changing, I had no idea that they would change so rapidly. I remember apologizing to my staff because I wasn't able to give them notice on what their job looked like anymore. It kept changing almost daily for a period of time. And after that, I felt, Okay, so this is radically different than anything I've ever experienced before, but it's temporary. And that's how I'm going to look at it. We're doing this for now, and things will change. But temporary is now looking a lot less temporary than I imagined. It's almost dinner time here in New York, and my boyfriend and I have transformed the back of his car into a comfortable hangout spot. We flatten the seats and added blankets and pillows, and we bring our books back there, and we've actually been taking this down to the beach to do kind of a dinner and sunset date. So tonight we're picking up some Blaze vegan pizzas bringing those down to the water over here and just going to watch the sunset. I got to go out for the first time. Um, well, it's not got to. I decided to go out for the first time to a shop. 
So I went to the warehouse <laughs> and we went to pick up some heaters because it's getting cold now. And I happened to break a spatula from all the baking that I've been doing. So I went and bought some new spatulas. What I noticed though was I really didn't think much going into the shop. I didn't think of like looking out for people or trying to create distance or anything. It was kind of like, oh, I'm back in the shop. It's back to normal. Except um, there are kind of stickers and signs all over the place to say, wait here, stand here, go this way. And there are hand sanitizers everywhere. We did go at nighttime though, and it wasn't dead, but it wasn't super busy either. So it felt very normal. Um, I may have got a little excited by my first outing and instead of buying just one replacement spatula, we ended up getting four. But they've all proven to be very useful. (laughs) It's, you know, a Tuesday here in New York, and typically I would be traveling in some state every week I would fly to a different state for work as a business consultant and it's a rare occurrence when I would actually be home on a Tuesday to go on a date so that's something I'm really grateful for right now and appreciating. Today is the first day that everyone has gone back to school and work as per usual. The girls were very excited about returning to school All except the youngest, who's five. I mean, she was excited, but she loved her homeschool with her mum. But the other two were super stoked to be going back. Had all sorts of questions. Would they be able to be on the playground? You know, so we had a discussion last night about how they would be dropped off and picked up. And that it is very different to what they're used to because they would usually be dropped off by their mother and picked up by her and she would walk the youngest to the classroom, but now you have to drop them off at the gate and pick them up from the gate. And the next dilemma on our horizon is about school and the fact that the government would like schools to open on the 1st of June if certain conditions are met. I think it's unlikely that the conditions will be met. I do trust our school to work very safely for the children. So if our eldest could only go one day a week with six other children or something like that, that would be fine. Even just a little bit would be brilliant. And it feels like we all have to start taking more risks at some point, but it's just trying to calculate those risks and make sure they're not too large. I imagine the virus thriving all over the planet. It's an amazing piece of biological engineering. It is so successful. And I have to every now and then admire it for that. Humans are so puny in contrast to this very strange and alien looking form of life. So I try and keep that wonder and distance sometimes because it helps me see the big picture, which is that we never had control of things. We just thought we did. And I'd like to say a huge thank you to Alicia, Kathleen, Christina, Gemma, Joan, Karen, Jacinta, and Catherine, whose voices are coming to you from Maine, New York, 
California, Romania, New Zealand, and the UK. The Transmission Times Project is collecting audio diaries from people like you during this pandemic so that we can create an archive to document this moment in history. If you'd like to join the Transmission Times and add your voice and your story to the archive and possibly be on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Please sign up at transmissiontimes.org slash join. That's transmissiontimes.org slash join. I'm Katie Semro. This is the Transmission Times. I hope you enjoyed this special bonus episode of the Transmission Times. I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Shelter in Place. For now, I hope you can give yourself permission to ride the roller coaster, to accept whatever it brings, whether that be laughter or tears. Thank you to Katie Simmer at the Transmission Times for providing today's episode. Shelter in Place is sponsored by Brick and Mortar and Delta Wines. Get 10% off your order when you use the promo code SHELTER at brickandmortarwines.com or winesforchange.com. The Shelter in Place music was composed by Chase Horseman at Reactor Productions, and the Shelter in Place artwork was created by Sarah Edgel. Until tomorrow, this is Shelter in Place. I'm Laura Joyce Davis.